to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Left Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 255 of the Left Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. The regular season is over. Cannot wait to break down the playoffs here in just a little bit. But before I do, don't forget, go roast the competition. Be the first to the finish line with Five Lakes Angry Brew. Angry Brew is a massively caffeinated, amazing-tasting, high-octane, power-packed fuel to get you through the day, all day, every day. When you need a power-up, reach for Angry Brew. Coffee with a punch and use code LAPPED, L-A-P-P-E-D, at checkout. Get yourself 10% off. All right. Well, this weekend was an interesting one. Uh, so I, the wife and I went out of town for a couple days. Uh, if you've listened to the show on a regular basis, uh, you know we, we like to go up to Mackinac Island every year uh, if we can at the tip of the mitten, if you will. And uh, we, uh, some friends of ours that we used to stay with in Brooklyn, Michigan, when we go to the races, retired up to Mackinac City, which is on the, uh, the the mainland part. And so we went up, went to dinner, stayed with them Thursday night, and then we uh, took the 15-minute ferry ride over to Mackinac Island, which is it's just such retro throwback. There are no motorized vehicles allowed on the island so you take your ferry you get off and it's it's bicycle it's it's push scooter it's uh horse and carriage literally that that's how you get around it's an eight mile island uh the touristy part is is probably only a half mile there's great bars restaurants things to do shopping all that good stuff uh, it's just so relaxing so uh we went out there for a couple days was supposed to golf uh at one of the hotels on friday but uh Mother Nature was not on my side, so uh, before we we were supposed to be on the island by about ten o'clock, and I don't think we got to the island till about twelve thirty or so. Uh, but Saturday weather was perfect, all that good stuff. Had such a great time, and uh, then came home on Sunday. So great time out on Mackinac. So that said, uh, I really only saw about thirty laps of racing, and that was the last thirty of the. Uh, cup race on Saturday night. So it uh, might be a little shorter show, but that's all right. Uh, I do have lots to say about the playoffs and the reseed there, so we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed last two weeks' shows with Jeff Striegel, preview and post shows of MIS. Uh, always a great time when Jeff is on. Uh, but tonight, I'm ecstatic because tonight's guest it's been exactly 100 shows since he has been on, uh, and that is Tyler Ankrum. So I'm excited to get Tyler on here in just a minute. Uh, some limited recaps and, and, pre and stuff from, from Daytona, uh, and Aaron uh, will be on for some weather for this weekend's races at Darlington, as well as a little college football, more specifically Michigan college football preview, which kicks off this Saturday as well. Lucky dog lap downs and who made the lap traffic fantasy playoffs. We're going to find out later on in the show. So let's get things rolling. Let's get Tyler Ankrum on the line. All right. Lap traffic nation joining me on the line, making his fifth appearance on the lap traffic podcast. He's the driver with number 26 with GMS racing. Welcome back. Tyler Ankrum. Tyler, how are you, man? 
I'm awesome, man. Thank you for having me back on. Absolutely. Listen, so I, I, cause I, I knew it had been a minute, so I had to go back and look, you were last on the show, season three, episode 154. This is season five, episode 255. So 101 shows since you were last on and you've had a lot going up on there's, there's some things to catch up on. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think the last time I saw you and talked to you was, uh, Michigan 2019 that I think that sounds very very accurate good memory there sir that's awesome uh I know I think the and the funny thing is I think the first time you and I actually talked uh that you were on the show I think you were still in high school on your first appearance so it's been a hell of a few years man yeah yeah 20 yeah I graduated high school in 2019 yeah okay yeah so yeah right around that same time there that's crazy man um well let's let's jump into it so it's it's it was an it's been an interesting season for you over at GMS you know of the 16 regular you know season truck races uh top 15 eight times you ran up front a lot it, it seems like it, it felt like there were so many races to where you were running top five and then you know just something didn't click for the last leg of the of the race there so um you know talk you know how do you feel the season's gone so far and and what are some missing pieces that you guys can work on uh you know these last few races of the playoffs and and going into next year oh i mean it's it's i mean yeah you, you know, you're correct you're correct and you know what your what your question is and what you're saying you know it's just it's for for this entire year it, it has just felt like that things just keep on happening to us it just it's just it's frustrating because we we will perform very very well and we'll run up front and you know whether you know something's happening on pit road or i get nine times out of ten it's been getting collected up in accidents it's just it's been very frustrating i mean that that was the first five races of the year for us where it was wrecking out getting involved in somebody else's wreck you know, the first or second stage, and it just didn't seem like we could get, ever get away from anyone. And it happened again this past weekend at Gateway. We ran top, you know, top ten the entire race, and we were making a good push there for the end. We were going to be there in the end, and uh, end up getting taken out. And just it's it's races like that where it's just, you know, we can bounce back and we can have a really good run. We just can never keep it going. It just it seems that. We just keep on getting, you know, punished for other people's mistakes. So I don't, I don't think we've, you know, lost a step. I don't think that, you know, we have, it's not like we haven't been performing. It's just, we just, it's just, we can't get our own way sometimes. Well, you know, uh, to piggyback off that, man, uh, when you look at some of the tracks that we're going to in the playoffs are some tracks that you've done very well at at the past and seem to be the tracks that are, you know, maybe favor into your driving style. Uh, Bristol, Phoenix, uh, you've performed at very well in the past. Uh, I, I, something tells me you might go steal one from these guys. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I mean, it's it's definitely been coming. I mean, we've had we've had two or three races this year where it was like, man, like we had a really good opportunity to win that race or we had a good chance. And it's just, it's, it's runs like that, that, you know, mean the most. And, and these races coming up, we, I have been at strong, strong at in the past. And it's uh, a few of those tracks owe me one. And uh, I, I don't doubt that we can go out there and win one. 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, when we look at the, the season, when we look at the schedule, kind of where the direction of the schedule's going, you know, we see it a lot, obviously, from the cup side of things, just because they run, you know, 10 more races than what you guys run. Um, you know, when we see the transition going to more short track, more road courses, uh, is that something you're in favor of? Do you prefer, you know, the intermediates? What, what, what's your, at least your personal bread and butter? I'm in favor for road courses and short tracks. I think that's what people want to see. Um, I think that the amount of road courses we have right now between Daytona Road Course, uh, Watkins Glen, Coda, I think that's a very healthy amount of road courses for our, for our schedule. You know, like you said, you know, ten, you know, there's ten less races. Um, the Cup Cup guys they go to five road courses, I think, between Coda, between Coda, Watkins Glen. Uh, Sonoma, Road America, uh, Roval, <laughs> Indy this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think I might be missing one, but I, if anything, I think they go to too many road courses. I think that three to four number is really good for road courses, and I just I want to see more short tracks. I like the mile and a half because of the trucks. You know, we race really hard on the mile and a half compared to the other two other two series. Um, but I want to see more road courses. I want to get to the, you know, I want to get to South Boston. I want to get to Nashville, uh, fairgrounds, not the speedway. Right. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I want to get to the, I want to get to the fairgrounds and uh, not the speedway. Uh, you know, there's, there's other tracks out there. Kern County. I know they have plans to tear down Fontana and turn it to a half mile. Uh, from, from what we've, you know, been told as far as the, the public eye, um, you know, tracks short mile, half miles, three quarter miles. You know, tracks like Gateway, Phoenix. I think those are acceptable. I don't even really consider them short tracks. Sure, uh, but no, the, I'm with you but, there. <laughs> but uh, tracks like uh, Darlington. I mean, dar- tracks like Darlington, Phoenix, Gateway. Uh, they're all really, really cool, and so it's a perfect balance between speedway slash short track. And I like the tracks like Bristol as well. I think you know the high speed, high banking tracks are really fun to go to. Uh, but yeah, for sure, going to those you know high banked, high speed, five eighths, uh, seven eighths like Iowa Speedway, uh, Winchester, uh, Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Mile, uh, tracks like that, South Boston. I know I already mentioned that, but like even get back to the tracks like Hickory, uh, get back to tracks like Kenley, North Carolina. You know, getting back to you know further closer to our roots, I think is really what people want to see. Oh, I'm with you 100. percent I think when you look at you know from a viewership perspective when you see where people are i mean no one's ever happy on social media but with the time you see it the happiest it's it's when we're going friday night short track racing in the truck series and and i love it you know i think people think of you know the trucks as more like your your grassroots style racing a little bit more scrappy uh you know don't mind getting dirty and yeah I'm, i am with you there 100 percent um well, let me ask you this. When we look, you know, just keeping on the schedule for a second here, uh, you know, from a fan perspective, can't stand it when we've got a three-week, four-week break. And I ask guys this all the time just because some guys, you know, they, they have different opinions on it. So what's what's Tyler Ankrum's opinion on, you know, the, the you know, sometimes month-long gap in the truck series for race to race sometimes? It, it, it can be a little frustrating because, you know, you can go into the, you know, that long break and, the beginning of summer you can be heading into that break you know hitting your stride having a lot of momentum um and then it could be stunted right there but 
what people don't realize a lot of times, you know, especially the fans, because they don't get to see what happens in, you know, the day-to-day life of, you know, not only just drivers, but the crews as well. But, you know, those three weeks allows us time to prepare for, you know, sometimes the next four or five races. I mean, they, they build these trucks fast and they can turn them around really quick. And, you know, they have three weeks to work on a set of trucks. So in three weeks, they can have the next three races ready. So in three weeks, they can work their tails off and have three trucks ready for the next three races. And then that entire week, all they can, all they have to do is massage, set up, make those trucks perfect to go to the racetrack. Uh, in, a, in a way, kind of create your own silver bullets. That's awesome. And, That's a good perspective there. And, and and it's perfect too because you know pe- people ask me all the time. It's like, oh, you're heading to an off against like, oh, like you're you know you have time to kind of just relax. It's like no, <laughs> it's the exact opposite. People don't realize I'm we are busier on off weeks because we simply just have more time. We have more time. We don't we don't usually have the the media. Uh, that we have to go have our you know responsibilities for, for our sponsors and our team. We don't have all that, so it's just train, train, train. Focus on the next race, and you actually slow it back down the week of, so you make sure you're relaxed by the time you get there. That's great, man. I love that perspective. Um, talk about GMS as a whole. Uh, you guys have have uh, quite the stable of guys running this year. Last year's champ, Sheldon Creed, uh, Zane Smith, Chase Purdy. Uh, what, what's the dynamic like with with all you guys? You know, learning and and leaning on each other. Oh, it's really good. I mean, these are hands down, you know, the the, the best set of teammates I've ever had in my entire life. I don't, I don't prefer teammates. I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person where I, I prefer to work alone. But if, if, if it were to have a group of guys that were, you know, within, you know, two to five years within my ages, it, 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 it takes kind of takes people aback when, you know, I remind them how young I am. And like I'm 20. You know, Zane's 21, 22. Sheldon's 23. I think turning turning 24. Purdy is a year or two older than me. I think Jack Wood might be the same age as me, but like, kind of, I kind of got to remind people like, Hey, like I'm, I'm quite a bit younger than still than these guys. Sure. But it's, it's awesome to have them, you know, close to my age because, and you know, we still relate to a lot of things and you know, there's great camaraderie. We, we hang out, we work out together, we train together, we study racing together and you know, it's, it's a great set of guys to have around you just to enjoy as well as, you know, have fun with, which was, you know, different from, you know, any sort of racing I ever grew up with. Um, you know, growing up, it was just myself. I, I never had a teammate until, uh, 2018 when I was racing Canaan for DGR. And even still, when I got in the truck, it was like, I was 17, 18 years old and I was the most experienced guy there. <laughs> so it, it was like, it was you're still kind of pretty much on an island of your own. So having having a group of guys that relatively have you know, within you know two three years, you know less or more experience of you, you can you can all lean on each other and you know expect the same out of everyone and uh, you know try to go out there and help each other the mo- best you can, as a teammate also as a competitor sure no that's great man i love it um all right we are headed to darlington this weekend uh top 15 earlier this year there um you know what are you looking forward everybody loves going to darlington it's got such character from the track as a whole just pulling up there versus you know or along with the road serve the track surface there um you know 
are you, how excited are you to get back to Darlington this weekend? Oh, I'm super excited to head back to Darlington. I hope we, once again, I hope we have you know better luck than what we did in that big giant polyp on the front stretch. We had pitted off cycle to get uh, clean clean sticker tires later, and we were coming up through the field line. We'd run pretty much you know eighth to eleventh, twelfth all night long, and you know they had that big giant polyp on the front stretch, which we made us go back to pit road, put a different set of scuff tires on because uh, all the other tires are flat spot and then we had damage and i think i think we got back to like 13th or something like that after that accident so it was it was another one of those races where you know we had we had you know performed pretty well and then you know had a unfortunate result but uh you know the, the, the first year we went there you know we ran top five top ten and i think you know from what we've learned from you know the day race from last year and the night race and this year going back to the day race also they have the repave uh they repaved kind of like the five eighths mark to the to you know the, the full mark um it's it's i think it's like 600 feet they repaved off a of turn two which will change the dynamic completely with the racing especially in turns one and two it won't change really think anything at all i think through three and four other than the fact i think you'll be going a bit a tick faster going down the back stretch but I think it's going to be super exciting. Uh, the Xfinity cars race before us, so there'll be plenty of around the racetrack, so we won't have to really worry about that green racetrack and having to conserve. It's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be the high high 80s, which is considerably cooler for Darlington South, or Florence, South Carolina for yeah. this time of year. It'll still be more humid than any other place on this planet but um you don't really notice the humidity when you're going 150 miles an hour fair enough fair enough all right man well listen where can everybody follow you at on social media yeah you can follow me at uh, tyler ingram uh tyler from 50 or 50 on instagram tyler from twitter facebook uh, my website's tyler uh go check out that to get some merch uh we got some awesome line racing merch it's a true story uh, obviously, I, I, think... I have one of those pieces of merch oh do you actually yes, yes i do <laughs> <laughs> oh that's cool but obviously got to thank you know my supporters my partners Lyman, uh chevrolet gms uh, railblazer uh over i helmets i mean uh, they've all been you know the guys who made this dream work so Got to thank them. Got to, you know, hats off to them. And uh, hopefully we'll put one in victory lane this weekend. Absolutely. I love it. All right, Tyler, listen, let's not let another 100 shows go by before your next appearance on the show. Absolutely, man. Anytime. I appreciate you. All right. Let Traffic Nation. Huge thanks, Tyler Ankrum, for calling in. Tyler, good luck this weekend. Good luck the rest of the season. And look forward to talking to you soon, man. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Take care, man. We'll see you. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, great to talk to Tyler Ankrum again. So good. Love that guy. He's so awesome to talk to. Um, and, and I just feel that win is there. Like, I have that feeling for uh, Tyler Riddick in the Cup Series. I have that same feeling for Tyler Ankrum in the Truck Series that win number two is just right around the corner for him. And once that happens, uh, they're just going to start coming in like crazy. So uh, I am also excited for the doubleheader. Tyler mentioned it, you know, the, the, the Xfinity Series is going to run Saturday night. Trucks are going to run Sunday. 
right before the cup cars do, and I love a truck cup doubleheader. So I am very excited for for uh, Saturday, that, or I'm sorry, Sunday. Sunday is going to be a great day of racing. Um, all right, I, I'm just going to kind of just, like I said, I, I didn't get to take in much racing. Um, that said, I do want to talk about the playoff reseed here, if you will. So all I want to do, is because I, you guys know I'm a Kevin Harvick guy, right? So last year, I'm like, oh, put us in the Final Four. Like, it's ours, right? And I don't want to come across like I am trying to sound bitter because I'm not doing that at all. I just want to help reel it in a little bit for anybody that's just like, it's Kyle Larson's championship, which it very well may be. And I think it would be awesome if it was because you have this type of season. You want to be rewarded with a championship. And there's only a five point difference from where Kevin Harvick was at this point last year to where Kyle Larson is now. Kyle Larson reseeded in first 52 playoff points. Kevin Harvick, this same point last year, had 57 playoff points, did not make the final four, did not win a championship. So I say that just to just to, to you know keep it into perspective that that's why I love the playoffs because anything can happen. Great year, right? Kevin Harvick had a great year. Nine pieces of hardware sitting for him and Rodney. Uh, you know, Kyle Larson's got got five, you know, fantastic year. Something to hang your hat on. I know y'all want that championship, and I understand that. I wanted that last year. So just keep in mind that if an implosion happens, it can happen. I hope it doesn't because, like I said, I, I, you, want to, you want to reward greatness. He had a great season. So from that regard, you know, I, I, I hope he at least gets to the Final Four. No indication would suggest he's not, but we also said the same thing last year about Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, and neither one of them walked away with the championship. So um, that that's the one thing I want to say. The other thing that I love is that there was so much extra parity this year in that we've of, of our playoff drivers, right, 14 of them have wins. So that's stretched out those playoff points, right? So outside of Kyle Larson. I mean, he's he's got Blaney and Tricks and and Kyle Bush covered by half, even Chase Elliott right there in the low 20s. Um Harvick last in 16th from the reseed perspective, but 6th place through 16th only separated by 13 playoff points. So that's not a lot. Now, am I saying that to say that Kevin Harvick or Tyler Reddick or Eric Almarola or Michael McDowell or Christopher Bell are going to make the final four? No, they're, they're not in my final four. But, you know, I mean, hey, if Christopher Bell can get his way through, uh, win the Roval, well, man, that, that really would make things interesting. Um, you know, so there are just so many possibilities. I've been saying it for a while that when you look at the field, I mean, can you you can't say for certain who your bottom four are going to be lopped off. I don't think you could because I think, you know, if you're going to say Kevin Harvick isn't going to make it to the round of 12, I, I couldn't get behind that. I do think he gets to the round of 12. Now, does he get to the round of eight? Hmm, probably not. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Michael McDowell, you know, does he get to the round of 12? Uh, 
I'd say no. Uh, great year, great effort for that organization, winning the Daytona 500, making the playoffs for the first time. You know that that's a that's a great season for that organization. You know, but once you get you know, could, could you put Kurt Busch in the final eight, Breck? I mean, there's there's probably you could make the argument for at least 12 of these guys to get to the final eight and any one of those eight to get to the final four. So um, it, it's going to be so competitive as, as this thing gets rolling. And I love every single second about it. You know, I think the first couple of years of the playoffs, you know, we could almost pick the final eight. Maybe we're off by one or two. Um, but as this thing keeps developing and as we get more parity in the sport and who knows what the next car is going to bring, who knows what, what schedule changes that could bring. But if we keep seeing, you know, a, a season with 14 different winners, maybe 15 here and there, you know, if we keep seeing that parody, um, then that's just going to make it even harder from a quote-unquote bracket prediction, if you will, from a March Madness uh, analogy there, uh, as, as we go along. And I just think that's absolutely fantastic. So, uh, as I said, I didn't have a whole lot to say about the racing this weekend. I think that's a nice way to set the playoffs, if I do say so myself. Sunday night, Darlington, yes, I'm bummed it's not throwback weekend, but there's enough hype around the fact that it's a Sunday night race at Darlington to kick off the playoffs. Um, I love everything about it, and I cannot wait. Okay, uh, I know it's been a minute since I've done some some questions. Uh, I hope to bring that into the mix next weekend. With that said, let's do a little lap traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lab Traffic Podcast, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube <laughs> The Lab Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Lab Traffic PC. Uh, don't forget to leave a review if you're this far into the show. Why not? Uh, some, uh, I, man, I don't have a giveaway. I feel like I've been doing giveaways forever. Uh, we'll get something going after the holiday weekend here. Some new follower shout outs. AJ at AJ underscore McComber 34. Blue collar guy loves racing. Yes, sir. Uh, Paul Moss at Paul underscore Moss. Big Texan sports fan. And loose out of turn two at John Bro 81920615. NASCAR fan retired officer from the New York Police Department. Thank you, sir. Uh, welcome to the show. Tell your friends. Don't forget that if you want a free koozie and some stickers, all you have to do is fill out the contact page on the website. Also on the website is the Lapped Traffic Store. Fall is right around the corner. Pumpkin everything. Get yourself a hoodie. I swear to you, these hoodies feel like you're just getting a hug. They're that warm and cozy. So get yourself a Lab Traffic hoodie. All that good stuff. Uh, let's keep things rolling. Let's get Mr. Aaron Studwell on the line for some weather and some college football talk. All right, Lab Traffic Nation, it is time for a little weather and a little football talk. So if you're not up for some B1G and more specifically Michigan <laughs> football talk, just tune in for the first few minutes of this, then you can forward along. Ah, but I digress. Joining me on the line, you can follow him on Twitter at RaceWeather, along with Brian Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. It is Dr. Aaron Studwell. Sir, good evening. How are you? Uh, good evening, sir. I'm doing well. We're going to talk about football. We are going to talk about football. I, I am excited to talk a little football. 
Uh, I mean, it's it, tomorrow is September 1st, which means it's, you know, pumpkin spice everything. Uh, you know? No, thanks. I'll pass. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, but yeah, that means football is I mean, it's right around the corner. It, it's it's this weekend, which is or no, it's next weekend. Which is, no, it's no. it is this week. Yeah, it's this weekend. Wow. God, I think yeah. there's a yeah, and yeah. I think there's a game Friday night. Uh, I would have to believe there's, a game. I'm saying there's probably a game Thursday, Thursday night. night too. Uh, Thursday night. That's what I meant to say. Somewhere in Idaho, there's probably a no. Game well, it may be, but there's actually a game in Virginia, Virginia Tech against Liberty. Uh, Alex Bowman will not be. No, Byron Bowman. Byron Bowman. Byron. Wait a minute. Wait. Twenty-four. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That um, may that not one. be there. He is a student, but um, two twenty-two top twenty top. Two top twenty-five teams from last year. See how excited football gets me. I can barely talk. I mean, the DraftKings account is just going off the off the <laughs> chart with notifications <laughs> about promo this, promo that, and I'm just sitting over here, just like rocking back and forth, like <laughs> I'm pumped. All right. I want us. I want sports books in Maryland. That's my <laughs> that's my political statement of the there night. You go, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to football talk, let's do some racing talk. Uh, quite the interesting weekend uh, at Daytona this past weekend. What what'd you think of it? Um, I thought it was I thought it was good. Uh, I enjoyed um, the race. That was crazy racing on um, Saturday night. Yes. I don't blame them. I mean, for, let's start. We'll go in order. Stopping after 20 laps on Friday, I, you know, the way their radar looked and the way things were going to play out, those storms held in longer than I would have thought. And I'm not sure what, how what Brian did thought um, the previous week. But, yeah, they made the right call because they were going to get a break and it's going to rain again. They were going to get a break and then it's going to be 11 o'clock. Yeah. No, Just I, go home. I get it. You know, and I, you know. I think there's some criticism as, as far as, well, why even start for 20 laps? And, you know, everybody's there. Money's going to get wasted regardless. At least give those fans that aren't going to be able to make it back the next day, you know, whatever show you can give them for those 20 laps. Not to oh, mention uh, you've got your TV obligation already. Right. You know, so it's like I get the I get the argument either way of like, why start and stop for such a few short period of time? They always talk about if we start a race, it's because we assume we can get to a certain point, you know. But I, you know, I, I, I am for that in that regard, based on TV and the fans that are there. And even from a weather standpoint, if you put me in race control Friday night and they look at me with ten minutes before that race is supposed to start. And they say, do we start the race? I look at the radar and say, yes, start it. Because there was, to me, there was no guarantee that these storms were going to hit because they had been trying to track them a little further north. Sure. And there was no guarantee that even if they kind of skirted the edge of the track and then you didn't lose the track, I, I would have said, yeah, go ahead and start. If that, if that call, if you're saying you've got to make the call, I would have said start. Yeah, so I don't it. think they were wrong to have started. Um, I think they were patient enough, and I think whoever made the calls looked at the radar and said, "Hey, look, we got stuff 40 miles offshore. We are, you know, and maybe here's the thing: if we're at Dover or Martinsville, maybe they would have said we're going to try and wait because it doesn't take as long to dry absolutely at Dover 
as it does a two and a half mile Daytona. Yep. No, that's a great call there. And yeah, like you said, it was crazy. You know, uh, you know, could Kevin Harvick have picked up that first win? You know, I'd like to say yes from the fan perspective in me, but you know, we, 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 it didn't disappoint from what we've come to expect and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm going to leave it as open-ended as that, because that's, that's just what it is. Yeah. And in that, that applies equally to the uh, cup race. And I think you just say we're, we're plate racing yeah. or whatever, whatever it's, it's called it, these days. It is, it's, it's, well, actually we're, we're I, tapered spacer racing. So, well, no. So, all right, let's, let's take it a step further because yes, that's what it is, but let's, let's call it what it is. We're survival racing. Right. You know, it was the five fifty. it's the, it was the five fifty package. Yep. So you had, you had lower speeds. You didn't see, I thought it was honestly the, the silliness, stupidness aside, I thought it was a good race. So I'm going to be honest, as I as I told everybody a little bit ago during the race talk, and that was uh, the wife was was well past being uh, due for a, a weekend, and so we did a little weekend getaway, and uh, so therefore I did not see anything on uh, uh, Friday. But I did catch the last 30-some laps of the cup race on Sunday. So I'm not going to pretend like I saw, or so I won't comment on, on the previous. But what I did see was the, you know, bleep show as expected. But I get to where it could have been pretty decent before all that took place. And, and you know, what's interesting, and maybe having it on NBC, and I don't remember where they've run it before, I had so many people texting me Saturday night about the cup race. It seems like, and I haven't seen the ratings, and I'd be interested to see them. A lot of people watched it. I think maybe because of being on NBC proper versus I mean, the sports I th- network. I think that always helps. I, I really do. You know, it's and the then, last race. It's day. It's the last race of the regular season. It's Daytona. Uh, it was a Saturday night versus Sun. You know, I just think there were. You know, you maybe had a little bit of a preseason football thing, but I mean, no, not, not on a, not with week four, and you've got, I, I mean, I well, I except agree. for the Ravens starting Dobbins, right? Out. Um, I don't think a lot of teams started or started played their starters. Um, but yeah, I'm even Stevie, who's my director, uh, who's my marketing person on the EXO, EXO consulting side, she works as a. Um, waitress at a bar and she put it on the sports bar she had them put it on the big tv awesome and she's screaming at the tv when landon got in the accident i believe it i love it yeah well i don't love that landon got in an accident but i love no no yes but uh no he actually you know okay being my client aside he actually raced well on he actually raced pretty well on saturday too so um all right uh, what do we have this weekend? All three cups or all three series are racing this weekend. Yeah, in two Day. days. I know. I, I I am a big fan of a truck cup doubleheader. I think that's awesome. Uh, so how, what, what do we got this weekend, sir? Well, I want to start it out even earlier, and I'm not going to give you the forecast, but I, me, I get open wheel F1 in the morning, then go to trucks, then go to cup. I get a full full Sunday of racing. Look at that. Well, it's it's a Memorial Day for you. Yeah, it kind of is, especially after the debacle last week with F1 and their rain. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I did see that. Um, cold front pushing through uh, tomorrow morning. 
I'm sorry, Thursday morning, day off here. Um, rich high pressure coming in, dominate the pattern through Sunday. So really, it's going to be a nice weekend down there. Lower humidity on Saturday, mostly sunny skies. High of 85, low of 58. Northeast winds, 48 miles an hour. Uh, Sunday, uh, partly cloudy, 88 for the high, 63 for the low. Winds southwest, uh, shifting to south, 5 to 10. You may see the humidity creep up a little bit towards sunset, but that's at September in South Carolina, I really cannot imagine they're going to order a better weekend of racing or better weekend of racing and weekend of weather. Uh, I'm excited for this uh, doubleheader. Excellent. I love it. It's good. It looks like it's going to be nice up here. The smoker's going to be going in full effect because it hasn't run in a week or so. Uh, so, yeah, I, I am excited to relax, watch some racing, all that good stuff. Maybe get around to golf in because this past weekend's round got canceled. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I love it. All right, sir, uh, you can't hear it, but it, it is playing the Michigan fight song. Let's talk some Michigan college football, sir. All right, let's let's start with the elephant in the room, and that is our fearless leader, Coach Jim Harbaugh. Uh, back for another year. Uh, were you surprised when they brought him back? No, uh, I think that um, I wasn't surprised. I think I would have been more surprised if he came back without the pay cut. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I don't know who you were going to get to replace him. I think that's probably the biggest thing to me is if you say who's better out there, and I don't. I don't think there's a good answer for that. I mean, he gave us mediocrity, and anybody can give you mediocrity, right? Well, okay, I want to put the 2020 season aside. 2020 was a debacle, and I have my own theories about why it was so – and you look at the – okay, I want to throw this out here. Maybe it's a political statement. The states that were under lockdowns longer, the states that made the decision later to play football and you let the kids – you let the student-athletes play football. Sure were the ones that kind of didn't play well. Sure. Particularly to the Big Ten, you're looking at Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State yep. that had subpar seasons. Sure. I'm, I mean, I, I wouldn't call that political necessarily. I would just call that what it is in terms of when they were able to, you know, get back rolling and all that kind of stuff. So that that's fair. Uh, you know, I, I think that helped uh, with the decision to bring him back obviously had to take a pay cut you know i think they backloaded it with from a performance side so that he could still get it potentially if they were able to do well uh and i'm fine with that you know and that's fine um it was what was and you'll have to help me with this one was it a year-to-year or was this a multi-year agreement for him this is a multi-year agreement but you know that's yeah i mean that's irrelevant right because they can still that's exactly the point i was going to make i'm like yeah they're not even worth paper though i mean yeah if you say you get a contract i think it's more like okay we have a pay agreement yes this is what we're going to pay you if you're still here right yeah no i'm with you there um all right so some players to watch i i mean i there was one in particular, but then after the announcement yesterday, now I'm, I'm even more curious. So uh, Michigan's always been a, a I mean, since Rich Rod, we've tried to be a run heavy uh, offense and we've always had four five, six backs that were switching in and out throughout the game. Um, but all the news is pointing towards Blake Corum, sophomore uh, guy was a beast. He's put on some weight from last year, too. Right. Um, I am really curious to see 
what their run game looks like this year. Well, the, the, the thing that's going to really propel the run game is the offensive line. And they're bringing back a lot of talent. They're, they're deep. They're solid. And they're multidimensional. I mean, you've got guys who really can switch between the guards and the tackle positions on either side. And you've got stability at the center. So I think you're setting up the run game by establishing that good offensive line that's going to really, you know, you're going to go back to the Shimback, or, you know, back to the Shimback era and say three yards in a cloud of as field turf or tire pebbles, and you're just going to pound the ball. And I think you can do that, sets the tone for play action, and then goes ahead and sets the tone for the end of the game on that last drive. When you're up by, when you're up by four, you run it down their throats. They're so tired from having to deal with the offensive line all day. And we've seen that before, not last year, but, 18 and 19 sure. you've seen them come to the end of games and just you know here's the thing you know we're going to run it yeah we're going to let we're going to line up an eye yeah we're going to hand it to our tailback he's going right there you're not stopping him right yeah no i'm with you there uh and and speaking of the line as you said you know to develop the play action and and all of that um you know we've got a pretty solid receiver core i know they brought a couple back i know they they they've got a couple freshmen coming in uh and our quarterback and this is where i've always been the biggest critique of harbaugh and that is all of his quarterbacks have been transfers for the most part. Uh, just named yesterday our starting quarterback, redshirt sophomore Cade McNamara. Uh, this is really his first recruit that he's getting to start. Right, and that's always been a complaint of mine that they're so enamored by these fifth-year seniors they're bringing in. Yeah, They're trying to develop, develop this recruited talent, but if you're a recruit, say you're a McNamara, and they would have started Johnson. McNamara's like, why, why did that come here? And then he goes into the transfer portal. Right. Yep. And I think he needs to get away. And I understand why, you know, you're going after this talent. Maybe quarterback isn't the best place to do it. Uh, you know, but there have been guys who came through like that. I'm excited to see McNamara in there. And I want to, one of my notes about the wide receiver core is I don't think they have a lot of depth, proven depth. They are young. Your number two receiver doesn't ha- didn't play much last year, but they are talented. Yeah. No, I I, I mean, listen, uh, do I have them going 12-0? and 0? No. And we're going to get to that in just a second. But. Yes. So I guess, all right, before we get to our picks, so that this is where the tricky situation is, right? Because obviously Harbaugh is on a short, short leash. And. At this point now, this is year six. Uh, seven. 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 I was surprised. Right. I, time flies when you're having a shitty time. Never mind. Yeah. So yeah. what is deemed acceptable to bring him back for another year? And it's like you can't have the highest expectations this year with a new quarterback. But at some point, you know, I, I guess what Harbaugh, I think, needs to hope for is one step above mediocrity and no good quality talented coaches out there when the season's done and over with and he's in the same position he's in and then next year comes back but at that point man we are really stretching this thing thin yeah my concern is we're switching to a three four we've got the talent for it but i i think if they go against 
uh, I'll say Washington because Washington's really, really talented team. You go against a well-coached team with offensive talent. I think they're going to look at the Western tape and say, okay, we can exploit that. We can exploit that because they're not used to playing in a three, four yet. I, in a game situation, sure. They may do it well at practice, but in a game situation, I think you're going to have that exploited. Plus we, I was looking at this again. We have so many new assistant coaches. Yeah. And well, I, that, that was the well, caveat yeah, they of coming had to. back. Yeah. Yes. They had to, but it, it's, you know, and then maybe it goes to your point. If you have a, a season that's above mediocre, maybe you go for year eight, but man, when do the fans start getting restless? Well, I, that's the thing. Well, I, I they mean, are. That, that, might, yeah, that might be about now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right, sir. Uh, we can we can wrap it up with a nice little bow after we make our picks. Are you ready to make some picks? I am. All right. Michigan kicks off the season at home against in-state college. Won't call them an in-state rival, just in-state college. Uh, <laughs> Western Michigan uh, this Saturday, 12 o'clock kick. Uh, what, I mean, I think we both know that's a, that's a W, right? Yeah, and bonus forecast, increasing clouds, 574 south winds, 6 to 12 miles an hour, and a win for Michigan. Beautiful. Love it. All right, Saturday, September 11th, uh, at home against 20th rank Washington, sir. Uh, I'll be having NASCAR on the big screen and Michigan on the little screen. I think they're going to lose this game. So, All right, so I have the win. And I'm going to tell you why I have the win. And that is because I think the 12th man plays a role here uh, with Washington coming into the big house on a Saturday night game. Uh, I would imagine that's going to be a primetime game. Yes. Uh, so I am going to go with the 12th man helping Michigan for a late win on this one. I hope you're right. Yes, uh, me too. Uh, Saturday, September 18th, Northern Illinois, sir. Uh, a win, but it'll be closer through halftime through the first half than people want it to be. Fair enough. Uh, Saturday, September 25th at home against Rutgers for our fourth home game in a row. And for some reason, that's homecoming. Uh, other than the fact it's Rutgers, uh, Michigan, I don't think they'll, they may actually cover the 45 points. <laughs> I love it. Yes. All right. So W there. Uh, all right. Now here's where we enter some more challenging competition. Saturday, October 2nd, traveling to Wisconsin, sir. Loss. Yes, I have a loss as well there. Um, all right. Let's see here. Our next game, uh, Saturday, October 9th at Nebraska. Uh, a win, and you're kind of counting down on the Scott Frost clock at this point, too. Yeah, I agree. Yes, win for sure. Uh, Saturday, October 23rd, Northwestern, sir. That is a win, but tougher than you're going to think. Fair enough. Not you, but maybe the general public. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Saturday, October 30th, Martinsville weekend, sir. Who do you got? Um, probably, probably Denny Hamlin. Fair oh, wait enough. a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, Michigan struggling. Michigan State struggling more. <laughs> I got that as a win. I <laughs> love it. All right, sir. Uh, Saturday, November sixth, at or no, home at Indiana with Indiana. Uh, a win, but not an easy one. All right. So this is my iffy. This is my only one that I I wasn't 
confident on in my decision. I'm going to say win because I think Indiana is overly ranked uh, for some odd reason. I probably didn't do enough research on that one, but uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put down the win there. But I'm not going to be surprised if that's a loss only because they've got like such a crazy like 35 win streak against Indiana or something like that. So, right. And if it was at Bloomington, I I would really fall in line with you on saying this. Not to say coin flip game, but I would. There's there would be a bigger part of me leaning towards IU, but right now uh, I would go yeah for the win at home. I'm not going to be surprised if the spread on this is two and a half. Like. I want to see. I want to see how everybody gets through November first and Fair where enough. we are injury wise. Fair enough. Uh, Saturday, November thirteenth at Penn State, sir. That's the one. I, you know, I'm looking at my sheet here. I'm like, I thought I had this as a loss, but I've got it, I got it typed in as a win, so I'll go for a win. You got the, all right. So I've got the loss there. Um, all right. This is probably the closest one for me because I was thinking loss on this one, but somewhere in my head, I typed well, win. I mean. I, it, does memory serve correct in that Penn State really kind of started to slip towards the end of the season last year, or is that? Oh, they struggled. Now they struggled all last. Season. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it wasn't just last year. Oh, part yeah. of last year it was all last year. Yeah. Um, Saturday, November twentieth at Maryland. I'll be there for the win. Awesome. I love that. And uh, the big game Saturday, November twenty seventh, against that state down south, Ohio State, sir. Oh. I've got it as a loss, and um, I'm going to hope that it'll be closer, but the number that's popping in my head right now is like 27-13. Which that actually would be would, close based on the last two years. I was going to say, yeah, that really does kind of say we're reining in the uh, Ohio State offense. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Well, all right. So we both kind of have them at a at a, a three win or a three loss season. Uh, just a little variation about where that third to fourth yeah. loss comes into play. I mean, but I, I mean, we've done this the last couple of years and, and I mean, I've had them at about three to four losses the last few years. And it's just like, we need that 10 and two, 11 and one season to really kind of hone things in a little bit. No, I mean, well, I'm actually, I went one, one, went one more than you. And I've got us in the Gator bowl versus Ole Miss, a win, but nobody cares. Right, exactly. And that's where we're at. Yes. That's kind of where we're at going into that. Yep. Um, I don't think we have the talent. I don't, think we, I don't think we have the talent now to say we have a ten or eleven no. uh, win team. No, I mean I'd like to think that is next year. Uh, you know, let this quarterback get, let Cade get get some reps. Uh, let you know, let the line develop. You know, all the things we talked about. You know, everything has the potential to be there. You know, and it's just a matter of can they do something with it? That's, you know, I think we've had a lot of wasted talent over the last couple of years. And, you know, I'm well, say you're say you're right. Say you're right on Washington and I'm right on Penn State. Then they've got a two loss season and you've got a respectable loss at Camp Randall. Yeah, you're, I'm pr- projecting it's going to be a respectable loss. And you got a loss to probably one, one of the top four teams in the nation yeah. in Ohio State. Yeah talent wise ranking wise everything right so you don't have a lot of shame in those losses and then you say go you go win you go two losses then two conference losses then the season you wind up in the outback bowl and you're playing a pretty decent probably auburn well so Um, if that happens though then we we don't bank we don't beat one ranked team so if you're not as they are right now as they are right now 
you know, I mean, well, and if if we're going to, you know, Western Michigan's not going to be ranked. Northern Illinois, Rutgers, Nebraska. I mean, but, who, but we're also saying that you're right about Washington. They're right. ranked. Yes. That I'm right about IU. We're both right about IU. They're ranked to start yep. the season. And I don't think Penn State's ranked, but I think you're looking at the scenario where. Start okay. So. Yeah. Yeah, so they're ranked. Yeah. You know how it said we would actually have go three and two against top twenty-five teams to start the season. Yeah, but yeah, is it a successful season? Yeah, is it a season everybody wants? No, because you're not going to Indianapolis. Right. Yeah. And I, I have a note by that. It's ha 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 ha. Right. There's no way I right now. As long as Ohio State doesn't leave for the SEC, I don't see <laughs> in the next three or four years that Michigan's going to get to the conference championship game. Fair enough. I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh, alrighty. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we could do a whole show on this. We, don't, we, we absolutely... don't, don't tell Lindsay. No, don't tell no, Lindsay. No, no, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, sir, that was fun. Great to catch up with you, everybody. Make sure you follow uh, Aaron on Twitter at RaceWeather, along with Brian Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. Uh, sir, we'll uh, we'll catch you soon. You will. We will be time sure. Oh, what, are you watching the Western game or are you uh, golfing? I, I, no, uh, ooh, uh, no, golf is either going to be Sunday or Monday, so I will be around. For oh, that's right. It's a three-day weekend. Yes. yes. Uh, hey, then on that note, chance of rain late uh, Saturday. Okay. So plain, plain you're smoking. Fair enough. Thank I you. mean the meat. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, man. We'll catch you soon. You will. Talk to you later. Right, we'll see ya. Bye. All right. Great to do a little college football talk with Mr. Aaron Studwell there. All right. Let's keep things rolling. Let's get the lucky dog lap down picks going. You guys came strong this week. Uh, you guys had a lot to say after Daytona. So let's get things rolling. My lucky dog pick, the playoff drivers, because uh, you got a chance for a championship. My lap down, Austin Dillon and Kevin Harvick, and we all know why. So let's get to your tweeted responses. Scott at 1985 Wagner's lucky dog is Blaney, two in a row. Lap down, tie, bad blocking and people whining about Rick Rare racing. I love it. Uh, Brian at Storm and B81. Uh, lucky dog. All drivers as all around. What a great race. Lap down. Rick Rare taking each other out in the back behind everyone. LOL. I love that. Look at that. Right. Back to back. One Oh, that's that's beautiful. Uh, Jess, an Iowa NASCAR fan. Lucky dog, the Fords, especially Blaney for pitting when they did. Lap down LaJoy. He had him cleared for a millisecond. Got to take that chance. Uh, Rowdy at the Rowdy Dragon. Lucky dog Blaney, again, showing his force. Uh, lap down everyone from P3 back as they will be scrapping. Useless junk metal. Uh, Jeremy at Living Room War Wagon. Lucky dog, I won't be around for your tweet, but my lucky dog is you. Got to see one of the best finishes of the season. Lap down, of course, is Austin Dillon. Uh, team had some terrible communication. Uh, Eddie at Eddie underscore EG3. Lucky dog, Ford Camp continues their stronghold on the Speedway tracks. Lap down, Austin Dillon. Too many mistakes by him and his team cost him a spot in the playoffs. Uh, Kristen at K Hoglin 79 Lucky dog to Tyler Riddick for securing the last playoff spot. Although I was cheering for literally anyone but him. That's funny. Lap down, Rick Ware racing cars for wrecking each other. Colin at Colin underscore with underscore cars. Lucky dog is going to my man, Ryan Blaney. Two wins to close out the regular season is awesome. Lap down going to Rick 
Ware racing for killing all three of their cars in two seconds. Uh, Tristan at Tristan Cole. Lucky Dogs. Ryan Blaney. Excellent drive to the win and not wrecking his car. Tyler Riddick. I'm making the playoffs and somehow finishing fifth. Lap down. Chris Busher. Austin Dillon. Rick Ware racing. Uh, Robin at SF 49er Girl 16. Lucky Dog definitely goes to Blaney. Woohoo. Lap down. Hmm. This is a tough one because I could pick many, but I'm going to go with Austin Dillon just because. Matt at Camper News Net, lucky dog to call it racing for their one-two finish. Justin Haley, he's really good at restricted plate racing now. He's won four of the last six. Good call there. I mean, I, I've been going out. I sound like a broken record talking about college racing the last three weeks, but they deserve every second of airtime. Uh, lap down, Austin Dillon having a chance to make the playoffs and couldn't get it done. Uh, CJ at CJ LaPerl, lucky dog, this package, amazing plate racing. Hope the next-gen car can produce similar racing. Lap down, Matty D made a white flag move with four laps to go. That he did, you know, and I get it, you know, and, and man, that would have just been so incredible. Chris at USMC underscore NASCAR Fire. Lucky dog, the fans. It was awesome seeing y'all again. Chris was working the show behind the scenes with the, uh, with the fire department there, which is awesome. Lap down, the weekend is over, and I have to go back to real work. Yeah, that, that does suck sometimes, doesn't it? Uh, WF Professor at Ryan underscore Hammond 3. Lucky dog, Kevin Harvick for making it from the middle of the field and getting through the first big one with no damage. Lap down, the misjudge by Kurt Busch to cause the last big one and take a hell of a chance uh, to win from Kevin onto the playoffs. Hashtag for the cup. Love it. Braxton at Braxton Crisp, early nominee for Lucky Dog, Josh Berry. He just made Michael in that seat really hot with that performance. Haven't seen the one car run like that in a minute. If it wasn't a financial factor, I think Annette would be out. Uh, great call there, sir. Love that. All right. That is going to do it for this week's Lucky Dog Lapdown Picks. Cannot wait to see what you guys bring next week as the playoffs get underway. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, let's close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. And only those that have made the playoffs need to submit their picks. Yes, we are down to 16 players in the Lap Traffic Fantasy League. We started with over 120 and we are down to 16, which is so cool. I'm very excited about that. We've got 10 race weekends to settle the score to see who's going to do it. Joining me on the line right now is our reseeding champion, Henry Fletcher. Henry, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Brandon. Appreciate the introduction. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely, man. Welcome back. So before we get going, so the, the reseeding is set. You're sitting there in first with an extra 24 points between the reseeding bonus points and the bonus points that you earned. Uh, it's been an interesting season with the Kyle Larson rule, as I've called it, that won't be there next year. Uh, but it's been very competitive this year. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't want everyone to to think. You know, I'm curious to see next year how it goes without Kyle Larson because I just tried this year not not to think outside, think out the room, uh, use Larson quite quite heavily, and you know why why wouldn't you? But I'm curious for next year. Hopefully, Larson, you know, should be interesting here with the playoffs coming up. But yeah, definitely looking forward to next year as well. Absolutely, yes. All right, man. So. 
Uh, let's reset our top 10 here. So this is how segment two finished out. Steven, uh, DFS NASCAR guy, he is our segment two winner. Uh, so he would have had an automatic bid, but he's he was already there. So he made he made it. Uh, Glenn Atkins in second. Matt Camper in third. Stephanie Borges in fourth. Henry Fletcher, yourself, finished in the top five in segment two. Uh, Jess Rose in sixth, Chad Robb in seventh, Brad Carnes in eighth, Matthew Miles ninth, and Kristen Hagelin wraps out our top ten for segment two. Uh, just a reminder, uh, prizes will all get sent out at the end of the year once everything's all situated and all that good stuff. But now, over to our cumulative top 16, our playoff grid. Henry Fletcher is in first with 24 points. Steven DFS NASCAR guy is in second with 18 points. Glenn Ekins and Brad Carnes are in third and fourth with 13 points. Chad Robb and John Etwinsel fifth and sixth with 11 points. Jess Rose in seventh with 10 points. Joshua Neal in eighth with eight. Matt Camper in ninth with six. Fred LeClaire, uh, who one segment two but had fallen out of the, or i'm sorry segment one had fallen out of the top 16 so he got the automatic bid uh fred leclerc just letting you know that uh a guy uh from from fox by the by the name of cj wooliver is a little upset because cj got knocked out cj had bumped up to 16th but because of fred's bid uh cj missed the playoffs his first year playing uh, Jeff Beaven and John King are tied with four. Charles LaPearl uh, and Stephanie are in third. And myself and Michael from the Blind Spot podcast are down there at the bottom with just two bonus points. So uh, we're feeling the Kevin Harvick struggles right now down there in uh, 15th and 16th. So just a reminder, every three uh, race weekends, we're going to lop off the bottom four. And when we get to a final four, points are being reset to zero. So we're going to run it just like just like they do. Um, sir, what do you say? You ready to make some picks? Let's do it. All right. Are we are headed to Darlington to what should be throwback weekend, but it's the first weekend of the cup playoffs. I'll take that, I guess. Uh, it's been the Ford and mostly Toyota show at Darlington as of late. Ford with six wins in the last nine races and Ford with the other three. Or I'm sorry, Toyota with six wins and Ford has three. We do not have an active Chevy driver that has won outside of Kevin Harvick, who's now driving for Ford. Will HMS have something to say about that this weekend? Who starts the playoffs off with a win? Do the lap traffic fantasy playoff players make some changes, or does everybody take Kyle Larson? We'll find out this weekend. I will be posting the picks ahead of time before race weekend so everybody knows who to root against but right now it is time for our picks henry we'll start with the truck series who do you have for darlington all right so for darlington trucks i'm going with the four truck Tom Hunter Nivacek. solid pick there i i need to make up quick momentum here so i am gonna go with sheldon creed assuming that everybody's gonna take john hunter Nivacek. uh over to the xfinity series sir who do you have so if memory serves, Sharon was pretty strong out last time. I'll choose the nine this time. Noah Gregson. Noah Gregson. I am going with the 19 of Brandon Jones this weekend. Uh, and the cup race on Sunday night. Who do you got? Well, not not too much drama here, but I didn't like the sound. I didn't know about that Chevy recent history here, but I'm going with the five, Kyle Larson. 
Kyle Larson, fair enough. I mean, hey, why not? Perfect time, right? <laughs> I remember a, a surge there, there just a couple months ago, and he fell just short of. So. Yes. This time, we'll, we'll see what he can do. I love it. I am going to roll with the 11 of Denny Hamlin. Let's kick things off right here. Uh, let's let's get him that first win here this weekend. So, all righty, sir. Good luck in the playoffs. Maybe we'll talk to you soon over the next uh, nine more weeks, and uh, we'll see who, who picks up some trophies at the end of the year, man. Yeah, sure hope so. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Have a great holiday weekend. You as well. Thanks. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for episode 255 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, the Lap Traffic Podcast, YouTube, the Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. Huge thanks to Tyler Ankrum, Aaron Studwell, and Henry Fletcher for calling in. I am still working on somebody for next week. We'll see what happens. Hope you all have a great Labor Day weekend. Enjoy Darlington this weekend. Don't get caught chasing a lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lap Traffic Podcast. See ya.